If you turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to try and read you a verse. A couple of verses. And some of you have been around midway a while will we'll think, hey, wait a minute, it's not, it's not near the 4th of July. Why is Dean reading this verse? Just like you wondered the same thing when I had the children's message this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 2. The Apostle Paul uh, writing to Timothy, who was a, a younger pastor, a younger missionary, a younger church planner, uh, his companion through lots of his life, through lots of his ministry, and probably uh, the pastor of the church at Ephesus at the time that Paul wrote this to him. I urge then, verse 1 of chapter 2, I urge then, first of all, that requests prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. Praise God. Praise God for that one and only mediator who stands between us and the Father, the man, the special man, the Son of God man, the God man, Jesus Christ, that one who has done everything for us, all these things that we've been singing this morning, he's the one responsible for it. He's the one who makes those things true for all of us who believe. As you you think about some of the, the great things that we've been singing about, some of the great things that we've been declaring together, all of those things are based on that one man. And he is the one that binds us together as a church, as a local church and as the greater church, the the body of Christ worldwide. And the body of Christ that that, that bridges all generations and all socioeconomic strata, all different ethnic backgrounds, all different racial backgrounds, all different nationalities. He's the one that binds us all together. And it's interesting as the Apostle Paul is teaching Timothy and and reminding him of one of the responsibilities that he has as a pastor in in leading his church to be a church of prayer for the leadership of their country, and in this case, for their empire, of which they were a part. And then I think of, of where we are this morning, the country that we're in, the division that's that's continued to increase in our nation over the you know over these past uh, months, especially over these last couple of years. But but then as we as we look at our history, we find that this isn't the first time that our country has had trouble, and that that trouble infiltrates into the church and threatens to divide us. Because that's what this political strife that we're involved in in today. It threatens to divide 
God's church, even local churches like our own. And I think of what a difficult task it must have been to be pastoring a church during revolutionary era colonial days when, when the colonies were trying to decide what to do. And there was a tremendous division even among the church, within the church, on whether they should stay loyal to England. And many thought that was the way to, to fulfill and obey Romans chapter 13 and to, and to submit to the, to the governing authorities. They were adamant about that. And then others were saying, no, we're not getting representation, and this is wrong, and, and, and we should rebel, and we should revolt. And within churches, there was that strong division, even within families. What should we do? And of course, we know, we know what happened. We know that what took place, and, and the result of it is the United States of America, for which we're very thankful today, and which fits into this very passage that we're looking at again this morning. But that wasn't the only time within our country's history where political issues threatened to divide the body of Christ. It happened over, it's happened over and over and over again. And it's happening again today. And so, I wanted us to come back to a very, very basic, important, foundational, fundamental principle for the body of Christ. And that is that we, regardless of where we stand on all of the current events that are going on within the political strata of our country right now, that we would come together as the Apostle Paul taught Timothy to bring his church together and to pray together with all different kinds of requests, petitions, and thanksgiving that's, that's a word that we might need to interject into our vocabulary right now as we think about our country. With Thanksgiving, and remember, when Paul was writing this, he wasn't writing during a, during a time of life in the most wonderful country in the, world of, in, the, in the history of the world. The Roman Empire was not an easy place to live, especially as a Christian during those days. But he recognized God's sovereignty over the nations and God's plans and purposes and that even when things aren't their best in, 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 in any of our views that we still have a country to pray for and we still have a country to be thankful for and remember what God's highest goal for any country is that it will allow us to do this. Look what he says as he makes this, this plea for prayer for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Why? Because this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. The primary responsibility of any country under God, and they all are, just most of them don't realize it. The primary responsibility of any country is to provide an environment for God's people to be God's people and to do God's work and to shine the light of Christ to others so that they can also come to know him. 
that they can realize that this world isn't the end, that this isn't all there is. And that what we do here and now is about something that's coming later. A time when we, together with all of God's people from all of history, can be united together around the throne of God for eternity, worshiping and serving him in the, in the wonderful, special ways that he has planned and prepared for all of us who know him. We're looking forward to that, and this life is about preparing for that. And one of the ways that we participate in that whole process of preparation is using the opportunities that we have in a nation like ours where we are allowed to, even encouraged at times, when we can come together as God's people in the ways that we believe that he has ordained according to his word, without permission, without registration. I mean, it's just amazing when you think about what other people go through in in lots of other countries around the world in trying to meet together with, with, with fellow believers with trying to have worship services, with trying to have prayer meetings. I mean, you know, there, there are places where the first order of business when the people get together in their small, they don't get together in large rooms like this, in their smaller rooms, they put, get towels and blankets and tape them up to the, the doors and the windows. For the people that are in their own neighborhoods that are spying on them, they want to turn them in, they want to get them in trouble, they want to get them killed, they want to get them fired from their jobs, they want to get them separated from their loved ones, all those kind of things that's going on right now. We're not going through that. And you know why? Because God's people have listened to Paul's admonition to Timothy. And over all these years, from the time that he wrote this until today, they've been praying this prayer, and God answered that prayer in many ways, but one of the ways that he's answered it in history is the United States of America. Because we can do this. Did you know that right now, even with the turmoil that's going on in our country, did you know that we can live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness? Did you know there is nothing right now that's going on in our government, that's going on in the the political um, situation of our government? There's nothing stopping us from doing this right now. So we should do it. And we should do it with a fervor and we should do it with some gusto. I don't know if that goes along with peaceful and quiet. But I think it does. I think we can do that with some fervor, with some appreciation when you can gather together with your family, if, if you do this with your family around a dinner table and share the word of God together and, 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 and share verses together and, and, and pray together without worrying about any neighbors finding out and telling on you, you can do that with some gusto. That's living a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and holiness. When you can go to a restaurant that's open, and praise God that in Georgia, many are. Praise God for their being able to make a living and, and those kind of things. But also that we can go in there, and if we choose to, we can bow our heads around that public table in that, in that restaurant. And we can quietly or out loud say a prayer of thanks to God for what he's done and how he's provided.
We can do that. We have the opportunity to do everything right now in the United States of America that Paul was mentioning to Timothy as to the reason why we pray for kings and those in authority. And so what we do now, in the midst of this very confusing time, we do this. We do this now. We remember the priority. We remember that God wants people to be saved. And he's given us the opportunity to live in, in the United States of America that we can promote his message, that we can promote his gospel, his good news, that we can promote his son, the one mediator that stands between God and man. That we can let people know that there is a way to be forgiven of our sins. There is a way to prepare for what comes after this life. Because this, thank the Lord, is not all there is. As wonderful as as various aspects of this life are, praise God, this is not all there is. There is something much greater, much better coming our way through faith in Jesus Christ because he's the one who died on the cross as the perfect substitute, as the perfect lamb of God, as the perfect sacrifice. He's the one, the sinless one who died on that cross so that every one of us who believe in him and the work that he did can be forgiven of our sins and have the promise of eternal life. And you know, more importantly than letting people know who we voted for or who we should vote for or what we stand for in politics, more important than all that is letting people know that. Because that is what's really going to impact their lives. Oh, this government that we have and this country that we have, it's going to impact our lives in great ways, and it has, and it will. And we don't know which way it's going right now, but we know what our responsibility is, and that's to pray. And as we pray, we do this. We live this kind of life that he's describing here, and we do it verbally and vocally. We let people know why we do it. We let people know how we do it, that it all comes through our faith in Jesus Christ, the only mediator, the only one that can bridge the gap, that can, that can put a, a great bridge over the tremendous chasm that separates everybody who hasn't been forgiven of their sins from God. Do you know there are people in our lives that don't even know that we have to be forgiven of our sins? They just assume since everybody is so sinful that they're not that bad off, there's lots of people worse than them, and that they're really doing okay? You know, that's the general thinking of people that don't know Christ. Many of them, most of them, have never heard a story like yours. And when I say yours, I'm speaking to those who have the story of recognizing their sinfulness and finding out that Jesus was the remedy. That when they found out that their sin was separating them from God, that they found out that Jesus would forgive them of of that sin, would, would forgive them in such a way it would be as if they've never sinned, and that God would not only accept them, but welcome them into his eternal glory. A lot of people don't know that. They've never heard that. They've never heard a story like that. They've never heard a story like yours. And some of us think, well, I don't have much of a story. 
You know, I was 10 years old. How much sinning could I have done? Well, you stop and think about it. Quite a bit. And and telling that story might be the very thing that somebody needs to hear. Because that's the way they look at it. How much sinning could I have done? Quite a bit. They need somebody to come along and say quite a bit to them. And let them know what that quite a bit means. The impact of it. The eternal consequences of it. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. That is serious. That's severe. But the gift of God, we've been singing about his grace this morning, that's what it is, the gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hopefully all of us that are here this morning, hopefully we know that. But you know one of the great things about the United States of America? We can tell somebody else that this week if we want to. And there's nothing to stop us. Oh, if, if we say it in the, at the wrong time or the wrong place or whatever, we might get in some trouble. But if we're wise and look for those opportunities that God always provides when we're praying for somebody that we know doesn't know Christ, when we pray for those opportunities to share that, that good news with them, you know what God does? He gives you opportunities to share that good news. And you'll start recognizing, wait a minute, I've been having some opportunities, I just haven't been taking them. We can do that as we live these quiet and peaceful lives in all godliness and holiness in this country that God has given us in the answers to prayer of many. We can do that. And right now, there is so much going on in Washington, D.C. and in states like Georgia probably all 50 of them, something going on. Our leaders need some serious wisdom on what to do and how to move forward and how to govern. There is a lot of confusion in the, in the towers of government. And you know what we get to do? Oh, we, we can make our voices heard. We can, we can send our letters and we can make our phone calls and we can have our conversations. But the most important thing that we can do is we can pray. Together? What a blessing. What a blessing on Wednesday night to, to have our prayer meeting. And we were having a meal too, which for some reason always increases the uh, population of the prayer meeting. But what a night to pray. Wednesday night was. With all that was going on that day. We can pray. We must pray. And that's what we need to do. Don't let your opinion about what needs to happen and who that and and who needs to happen and all this. Don't let your opinion divide you from another person in the body of Christ. And don't let somebody else's opinion offend you to the point where it causes a division in your relationship with them in the body of Christ. Because we all have the same goal. Our goal 
is God's goal. That our country would remain the kind of country where we can do this. And to pray and do, what, and, and do the work that we can to sustain it and to promote its continuance through the, through the methods that we have and the means that we have, even when we get frustrated by those methods and means and even when we lose trust in them and all those kind of things, that can't stop us from doing the things that we need to do, especially to pray. Now, Paul was writing this in a, in a time and a place where they didn't vote. You know, some very elite people voted in, in the Senate But there was an emperor, and he ruled, and he caused to happen what he wanted to cause to happen, and the opportunity that the people had was to go along with it, but the Apostle Paul threw in one more thing. We can also pray. And so this morning, even though we've had the opportunity to do our voting, and we all have various you know, opinions on, on, on the election this year and, and all those kinds of things. But that can't stop us from now moving ahead with the most important thing that we can do, and that's to pray. And so this morning, as we, you know, we're still at the beginning of this new year, and I, I heard somebody say this, uh, this past week, can we do a do-over? Can, can we trade this, these first seven or eight days or now 10 days in for, for some new ones? Nope. But as we commit ourselves to being God's people in 2021, let's add to the things that we're going to do in this year. Let's add to that if we haven't been. To be faithful, fervent prayers for this country that God has put us in. Oh, and we know people in other countries, and we can pray for theirs too. He's not, he's, he's not totally specific on just your country, but per- particularly, let's commit ourselves to praying for our country. Oh, don't stop voicing your opinion. Don't stop having conversations. Don't stop writing and, 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 and sending emails and calling and all those kind of things, doing what we can do, voting when that time comes. But let's pray that God would continue to protect the rights that he has given us here in the United States to do the things that he wants us to do with the ultimate goal that through our testimony in this country, other people will also come to faith in Jesus Christ. That is the goal. That's what country is all about, according to God's word. And let's take advantage of living in one that's situated right now, according to God's plan, that we have these rights to do these things. And let's pray and do the work that we can do to preserve those rights. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, these have been tumultuous and difficult days for the United States of America. 
And we are undergoing a crazy beginning of this new year. We don't know what's going to happen with all of the circumstances that are underway right now. But we want to thank you for the blessing of the United States of America. We want to thank you for giving our forefathers the insight to add the Bill of Rights to the Constitution. And we thank you that for all these years, even through internal conflict and strife, even through a civil war, we've been able to continue to practice our faith freely in this country. And we thank you that we can today. We thank you that we can be here this morning. We thank you for our governor. And regardless of of our opinion of his political decisions, we thank you that he has led Georgia to allow churches to worship without persecution. That enables us to be here freely this morning. To do what we're doing, to pray to you. To humble ourselves before you and ask for you to do your work according to your will in our land. And we pray, Father, that you would that you would keep us walking closely with you in your word, in fellowship with one another throughout this tumultuous time. That we will have full confidence no matter what happens that you're in control, that you're answering prayers, and that you're accomplishing your plans and purposes for our country, for your church in our country, for our local church, for our families, and for our lives. We need your perspective, and we thank you for giving us your word and the freedom to read it, the freedom to share it, Help us to use these freedoms. And Father, we pray that you would use us to shine brightly in a very dark circumstance right now. That you would use us as individuals and as families and as a church to shine brightly to those who don't know anything about this one mediator named Jesus Christ. Who don't know anything about the consequences of their sins who don't know anything about your grace, which offers to them forgiveness of sins and eternal life in your presence and guidance and peace and joy through all the days of their lives here in this world. Father, there are so many that don't know anything about that peace, that don't know anything about that joy, that don't even know it's available to them. Father, use us as we demonstrate it and as we speak of it 
and as we speak of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Give us success in those conversations. Go before us. Prepare their hearts, their minds. Help them to to find out that there are answers to the objections that they have. Help them to understand that this is a very rational faith based on the things that you have done in creation, based on the things that you have done in history, based on the things that you've revealed to us, things that are all around us and things that are specially revealed in your word. Father, use us in this country at this time. Help us to take advantage of all of these freedoms that we have that are in answer to the prayers of the Apostle Paul in thousands and hundreds of thousands since him, even millions. Help us to live the truth that you fulfilled in answer to these prayers. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.